welcome to this episode of Curating Crypto, where we focus on covering the art and culture scene surrounding the crypto space. And now, here's your host, Pavel Villalobos. Hello, everyone. This is Pavel, your host of Curating Crypto. On this episode, we have an artist that explores the space between digital and analog. Giselle Flores has her own photo studio based in New York and dedicates her time to maintaining a creative edge while shooting still in motion projects. First-generation Cuban, her focus on personal work ranges in subjects from scientific development, human interactions, to the wonder of light that fills her existence. Giselle holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts and Illustration from the Rhode Island School of Design and has experience in the early days of VR with medical research and flight dynamics at Brown University. Graduating with an independent thesis in large format photography with legendary professor Henry Hornstein, she went to New York City and pursued a living in photography. Starting in 2005, she worked with one of the first ever high-end digital capture companies, Industrial Color. Working next to the most successful commercial photographers of the time, she gained invaluable skills in communication and technical expertise. After helping establish new offices in Miami and LA, she moved on to run, establish, and equip Barney's New York's first in-house digital photo studio. Without further ado, let's welcome Giselle Flores. Hi, Giselle. Welcome to the show. Hello, Havel. How's it going? <laughs> it's going great. I'm honestly very excited to have you here. I know we've been planning this since the latter part of last year, and recall you were fully focused on getting ready for one of your exhibitions and wanted to find the right moment to make this happen, so here we are. Okay, so let's get started. In doing a bit of research, you have so many interesting layers. You have a bachelor's in fine arts, you're a newly retired roller derby skater, you're an incredible photographer. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? I uh, graduated RISD uh, in illustration. I pursued photography after that. Um, had really inspirational teachers throughout RISD. Uh, before college, I, I was uh, very much into oil painting and just visual art in general. I was also loving science as well. I feel like my whole life has been rotating around science and art. After RISD, I worked with Brown University. They were, have a VR visual projections a room called The Cave. And I worked with them, working with uh, menu structure and visual representation of medical research. I found that fascinating. Like seeing VR in 2004 was pretty amazing uh, experience. And uh, ever since then, I I've always had a, a special place for it in my heart. My mom and dad are both from Cuba. Uh, my dad became an electrical engineer here in the U.S. I've kind of always grown around. I, I was raised around a computer back in the 80s. So I got to see a lot of the early, early tech as it was being developed. I loved games. I loved playing on the computer. I loved animals, too. Uh, I've just grown up with this passion between science and, and art that I never understood growing up. I was like, oh, yeah, do I go to art school? Do I become a, an animal behavior specialist? You know, I, I love so many different aspects about life. And as I go through it, now I'm kind of mid-career, I'm kind of putting all the pieces together and having a really nice collection of experiences in my life that, that resonate with the art I make. Very interesting. When I saw your work, I could immediately tell it was very well put together. It was well designed. We're using light and contrast with a purpose. You added movement and cinematics when it was required. 
Even if you got there through experimentation, I could see the level of refinement that sometimes it's hard to attain. You attribute this to your formal education, is it exposure to different types of disciplines? I guess my question is how your background and experiences shape up your creative process. Well, it's, it's been developing as I go. Um, I, starting out with just a very traditional representational oil painting uh, with a, a school of a Cuban artist that kind of made, a, made her own painting school. Um, I, I learned the technique first. I, I learned like all these uh, visual techniques of seeing with your eye or like knowing almost how to recreate a, a piece of art. When I was growing past like around teenager years, I'm like, well, what, so what? I can make a pretty picture. Like what, where, where does that stand as far as, what does that mean for art? Like, it's like, I, I wanted to, like, I was searching for something more when I was entered uh, Rhode Island School of Design. And I majored in illustration because it had the most uh, drawing from life, which was something I, I was not familiar with. I, I, before that, we were just recreating from pictures. So being able to see with my actual eye real objects and translating that into visual art is, is a beautiful uh, thing to learn. And then the other aspect that I was after was another one was, was uh, mediums and like exploring different mediums. I majored in illustration because it had drawing from life and it also had a fluidity between all the different uh, subjects you could, you could focus on. It, it was possible to have most electives of different kinds of things from like woodworking to, to, uh, to 3D animation to, you know, visual representation of all sorts. Uh, so I basically had my college years as like my fun time as learning all different kinds of mediums and what they, what they could be used for. Um, and then there's also the other level of, of the, the conceptual part of like learning from the art history and learning from what artists of the past have done. Um, also very important in, in where we find ourselves as artists today. Um, I've been able to, to use that basis of, of that kind of education and it, it, it's always going, it, it's always in the back of my brain um, and has been developing as, as I go on. Um, now my education is, is more kind of with a community. It's, it's been delving into different communities and seeing how people interact with each other. Um, part of that is the roller derby. Part of that is, is like, uh, I also made an ice cream company a few years back called New York Ice Cream Gallery because I was at the time I was very much into health and, and eating healthy. I was birthing my kids. I mean, it, it was like, I, it was a time where I was really passionate about eating right. And like about, um, feeding my body in a way to create beings that, that are also going to be healthy. Um, so I, I was, and, and making a treat for them too. is really interesting to me and all the different flavors that can come in, in like a, like a cuisine, like a palette of colors is like your, your, your choice in, in flavors for a chef, you know, like there's so many types of art in our world that visual art is just one of them. And, and seeing, seeing, uh, parts of life as almost different mediums is, is a really beautiful thing, uh, past just visual art. Um, I feel like life is art in some ways to the artist itself. Um, and I've been just trying to find different ways to, to, to work these thoughts out through my life. Um, one being, you know, phys physical exhaustion of, of running marathons to, to combating your fears of playing in roller derby of like running past people that are all trying to stop you in, 
on roller skates at full speed. I mean, it's like, I don't know, they're like physical challenges that really bring an interest in life for me that I just can't extinguish. Like I'm constantly looking for things that make me excited or interested to learn more. Very cool. One of the things that I see in your work is that you make it a bit more personal. Of course, the main components are there as far as lighting, symmetry, color, movement. But it's less about pushing a message, trying to be enigmatic, or just sharing something that looks cool. You even incorporate your children to your experimentation process. Um, for example, to bring up one of your pieces, the one titled 2020 Vision Clearing, it has a very nice effect and is visually pleasing by being symmetrical. But I also recall a message via Telegram where you explain why you feel this piece is important in your life uh, by going full circle. What can you share about this with us? Uh, thank you. That's, that's a really nice compliment. Um, I've never seen it as, it's more of like a personal goal, I guess, is to describe my art in a little bit more of a vulnerable way. Well, part of what I still do is, is, is this commercial side of, of my photography. Um, you know, I, I work for a lot of uh, private labels and creative creative venues that that kind of want something a little different or like want a special attention to their to their look so i i am very used to making this like polished uh bright colored it's what makes me like what i do i guess i i just like my images i i'm really drawn to color and and, and depth but i but i do bring this i have been bringing this element i, I think ever since pretty much starting a family and, and like exploring when I got married, like about 15, 10 years ago, um, we, we started exploring life together. We took travels. We, we traveled to Alaska to find bus 142. Uh, we, we wanted to know what it's like to be in the middle of nowhere with, with nobody around and, and nothing but your own self. You know, my husband's also an artist. He's, <laughs> he went to Cooper union. Uh, he's Venezuelan and, uh, it, it's really awesome finding a life partner that, that you can just explore, explore concept together. Um, so now that we have children, it's, it's even better because there's now two more thinkers in our family and we just have this like beautiful circle and communication of, of thoughts going on. Um, and we're trying to raise them as creative as possible because I really do think, uh, the future is just expanding to this, like, uh, consciousness of, of visual and expression. Everybody seems to really love it. Now everybody that has a phone can create. So it, it's like, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I think uh, coming from photography, there was such a pushback with, with phones and, and digital photography and the way, the way it became so simple, like for everybody to do. Um, for me, that, that was a huge crisis, right? Like right around the time I was having kids, one, you know, my, my brain was also like, okay, I need to, I need to raise this family because this is my one chance in a lifetime to do this. Um, but at the same time, there's like this digital revolution happening where, where social media started and all this, all this new way of communication kind of took hold. And, and not that I wasn't aware of it, but I, I didn't have time to participate very much in it. Um, so, so learning was a little bit scary and, and, uh, and most photographers that were based in, in this traditional sense are, are like repellent to, this, to the new tech. I feel like since 2018, I branched out and started learning video. And it's like a blossoming of a new world for me. Like I've been able to like 
see so much in motion and, and relate it to the still photography that I was doing before. Um, and finding parts that I just have, I haven't seen before. Like I, I love discovering things within while I'm making the art. Um, like my art is all just discovery. It's all just exploration of a, of a curiosity. Um, like with the, with the visions of 2020, it's like, I've always in every movie I've ever seen, I love the binocular scene, like the scene that you're looking through something. It's always really funny and almost cheesy. Like it's a piece of cardboard cut out, you know, like, um, it's an effect, it's a filter almost. I, I find I, I've always wanted to make a piece of art with, with that idea. And this one came from playing with different apps, like uh, different apps that, that just alter a, a video. So right now I'm kind of like in a mode of like learning all these new tools of I, I've just learned Premiere last year and now this year I'm working on After Effects. It's all different tools in a toolbox. Like it's, a, it's really uh, fun and liberating being able to morph uh, things differently. And of course, this blockchain uh, space, this... Uh, this community of crypto artists, there, there's so much uh, digital art being made and, and so much I haven't seen before, I guess because I was in a traditional photography world or uh, just advertising and, and, um, and uh, more of a commercial commodity, like a, something just to sell other people's products uh, is very shallow. And, and it's something that, that I don't mind participating in if I can explode something or put something on fire and take a picture of it um, or, or find something new that somebody's never seen before. That's, that's what I'm always trying to get. Like get, find, find some visual that just hasn't been thought of or, or something that brings me a new thought to then build on. Absolutely. You touched on very interesting points, one of those being the refinement of the software digital artists have at their disposal. There is an ongoing conversation amongst the artists, one of them being the one Coldy started yesterday about the validity of using certain apps versus not. And you and I have spoken about Procreate specifically, for example, where if you have a background in oil painting, you can see you have the ability to almost recreate what you can do physically, but on the iPad, uh, with the advantage of making a mistake and just being able to click back and, and try again. What's your take on this? Oh, absolutely. I've been loving the conversation that Coldy started uh, yesterday. <laughs> I've been reading all of them today, just being like, uh, I, I just love uh, artistic conversation and what, what it means to, to create and what the value people see in it. Or, you know, some people are, I like only this type of art. I like only that type of art. I think all art, all art is valid. Um, whether it's quick or, or, or slow or, you know, it, there's a place for all kinds of art is what I'm saying. Like even, even something that might not even mean anything to the person making it, there's a reason they're making it. They have their own reasons and that's fine. That's all, that's all that's needed. Um, there, there's so much, um, clout with making art in a way that's like fine art. This is high art. This is like, I think that notion of high art, low art craft. I mean, it's, it's all it all has a place. Again, I feel like my work is all about uh, a spectrum. It's all about celebrating a spectrum of energy, like a spectrum of waves, like the thought of, of people and humans just being energy waves. I, I fully relate to that. Like even the plants and the trees, they're all, we're all just energy exchanges. There's a place for all of it. We're all in it and we're all here together. And I feel like uh, the blockchain space specifically, this whole new version of the internet is bringing a new level of connectivity 
that is very inspiring to me. I completely agree. I think we're very lucky by being hyper aware of what's going on in the art scene at a global level. I wake up in the morning and I see another really cool piece by Giant Swan, which is a VR artist out of Melbourne. A couple of years ago, it would have never even occurred to me to use this medium for the purpose of generating art. Another good example is Twisted Vacancy from Singapore, I believe, who's using amazing color palettes with retro-inspired designs that I would have never come up with, right? Being able to experience this and explore all of the outside perspective has to be very positive for this space. Yeah, there's such a beauty that can come from every artist that, that's true to themselves. If they're, if they're not making the art just for an, altru- like an altruistic purpose, like if they're, if, they're not, if they're creating from the heart and from their soul and from their experience, that art is going to be important no matter what. Uh, that's the art that's going to resonate with others around the world. Like, like what you're saying, a color palette, it's probably a, a color palette that they've grown up with. Like it, it could be a color palette uh, when they go outside. Like it, it's, it's um, every city as you travel, you, you see different, different aesthetics around you, different ways of growing up, different ways of, of growing your family. Like some families are all in one room together. You know, it, it's everybody has a very different experience they come from. And we're seeing that more and more and opening up doors for communication between all these different types of people is beautiful. And we're all on the same playing field. There, there isn't room for judgment of, of any kind of status or where you come from or anything like there's, you're just a voice. You're, you're a thought in a computer that's, that's communicating with other thoughts. So you're a digital artist by trade and experimenting with cinematics, with video. Did crypto art just make sense to you? Did blockchain solve a need for a digital artist in Providence? How did you get started? How did you hear about crypto? And what made you decide to join? Honestly, it started with my, my son. He was, you know, he's been playing iPad for a while. And, and he, there's this game that National Geographic has that's called Animal Jam. And you could like trade different items and there's a rarity to them. And there's like a beta versions that are really extremely rare. Uh, all these people are, all these kids are all learning to trade these assets through this game, which I, it's like, and, and to the point where my son has like memorized every single piece and knows he can understand the value of each piece based on what it is or how, or how many people have traded it, what people trade it for, who, who agrees who doesn't agree. Like it, it was a whole network of, of asset trading that, that I thought I was like, this has to be, there has to be something like this for artists. Like he was making, you can even make your own art piece within the game and then, and then tokenize it almost put it up on your wall in, in the game that you created and then show your friends. They can all come and see your artwork and trade the artworks. And, 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 and I'm like, wait a minute, I, here we are artists growing up seeing like it was just like crazy seeing my kid trading artworks and making artworks and and being inspired by other people's art and and I'm like there has to be something happening within our technology right now and and so I I read this book they were sharing for feedback because it was a pre-release uh it's called the spatial web uh opened up my eyes to to all the tech coming up. I had no idea that all of this was developing. Uh, I didn't know there was another web developing. Like what a, that's huge. Like the internet was developed during our generation. So seeing another one, a whole nother iteration of a, of a more interconnected one, like one that interconnects our physical realities 
is, is insane. Like being able to now purchase an artwork from anybody in the world and they just mail it to you. I, I mean, and it's, and it's not even that simple. There, there's, there's so much more to it that's developing that, that I am just not the right one to, to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> very cool and very interesting. And we're still in a very nascent movement in terms of digital and crypto art. I used Bitcoin 2019 as my measuring stick because this is when a few of the artists and I met to discuss. I believe this year we've had over 30 artists that submitted applications to participate in the conference versus eight or nine that had their artwork on display last year. To me, this speaks volumes in terms of what's happening. It's, it's a really fun space to be part of. I, 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 am, I am so uh, excited for you because you're going to be interviewing so many great people. <laughs> it's, a, it's so beautiful to see the different styles and to see the ones who are really dedicated to their art form. And, and to be able to share the art form so easily through this venue is, is, is beautiful. Um, I, I've been loving speaking about other people's art, complimenting uh, other people's works. Like I, I find beauty in, in a lot of the works that I see there. So it's like really fun to just give compliments and like let people know why, why their art speaks to somebody else. Like I, I feel that's so rewarding. Like when somebody can explain why they thought, first of all, that they're even writing about it is, is like to give your time to somebody else. It, it's, it's a nice gesture, like good gestures bring back good, good, uh, good energy and, and good gestures back. So I, I'm all, I'm all for supporting others and like highlighting the ones that I find really interesting. Being part of an emerging movement also means new options start to appear to list your artworks on different platforms. And this brings up a really interesting conversation in terms of strategy for both the artists and the collectors. A good example I can give you is Token Angels, which is one of the front runners in terms of investing in digital art. He's a good friend of mine. We have uh, an open conversation over Skype and as a year-end present, he gifted me an artwork from Max Copy, which is one of the leading digital artists that creates flashing, glitchy, and very iconic pieces. I mentioned it to someone that Token Angels had gifted me an X Copy, and we had exchanged a few artworks in the same way that you and I exchanged artworks recently. And the person asked me if it was an X copy from known origin or an X copy from super rare because of the, the whole, um, additional thing and one of ones, uh, on super rare, which brought a very interesting conversation around it. I know that you list your works on different platforms and I'm interested in understanding your approach. What are the differences, the advantages of listing one place versus the other? What's your general approach to this? Um, okay. At, when entering the space, I first found super rare. Um, I was drawn right away to their look. Um, I don't know if it's just because I'm in Brooklyn and I love, you know, I, I, there's a certain style about super rare. That's reminds me probably of Supreme, you know, like it, it's, it's very clean. The look of the, of the website is just, uh, it gives priority to the art. Um, I, I loved that first. That was number one for me uh, for picking a space. Um, and then also, you know, I reached out there. There's was a few like a uh, known origin. Uh, I, I do. I, I love their platform as well. And I think they're really transitioning into a very interesting uh, venue as well. There, each one has its strengths and its weaknesses. They're all being developed by different types of people and different coders and, and different um different, um, visions for, for, uh, blockchain, uh, art that's being sold or, or, or additioned or, 
um, these are just like uh, places to put your collections in. So I, I find it's important for the artist to pick a few, you know, pick one or two that, that really, that, that make where you could see your artwork show its best face. Each one is different. They all, they all, so known origin has the additions, um, which as a photographer, I, I love because we're, we're used to giving additions of, of, uh, an image. Um, you know, you can set a more rare edition or, or, a, uh, a larger edition that's going to go for less amount. Um, I like having the range because I would love everybody to have a piece of my art. It's not going to be a worse picture that I'm giving for a bigger edition. It's just a different, it's just a different way of looking at, at uh, dispersing the asset, I guess, uh, through, through people. Super rare is uh, a one-off place. I love that you can just only have one of each. Uh, it makes it a very simple, simple thing to understand for people coming into it. I have been keeping my more poetic work on super rare. Um, I, I kind of want to develop this like a uh, visual uh, poetic thought. Like that's kind of where I've been headed with that. It, it's also where I'm experimenting the most with all these new techniques. Um, the, the 2020 visions that it, it's so fun because it, it's just like a really small moment in time where I was like brushing my teeth and I see my reflection and it's like, <laughs> and I'm thinking of, and all these thoughts of, of purging the whole year and like the, the thoughts of like losing, you know, I want to remove the old me of the, all the things I didn't like, you know, or, or the things I want to grow from and, and making space for like new thoughts in the new year. I, it, it just happened the, the concept came to me as I'm like making it. Um, so then I ran quickly and took my phone and figured out a way to do it. You know? <laughs> it's like, and it, it's, um, it, it can come in any moment. Like the, I feel like inspiration comes at, at any time and, and either you grasp it and you do something with it or, or you let it sit for a while and you, and then you can either pick a, it either develops into something else or, or you, you seize the day and you go for it to do it at some point. So another venue codex protocol is, is one where I've been just putting my physical prints on. I want to keep it clear which ones hold a token to my physical prints, which ones are just tokens on their own, like NFTs. Um, I, because I do want to keep creating prints. I think it's very important to see the, the work that I do in a physical format. Uh, I have a really large scale printer that I do all these fine art prints with. I love the idea of having a, a place where I can hold all of my prints in one spot. I can hold all of my uh, NFT editions in one spot, which is known origin. And then in super rare, have the one-offs, which are more my poetic thoughts. This is the way I've been, I've been kind of entering the space as of last year. I mean, this is all so new, but I, I've been really excited to, to be able to present who I am in this space. And beyond the marketplace, I think there's other tools that are available to the artists. I believe you're involved in social currencies. There are other communications and distribution platforms out there, one of them being Scent, for example. You know, I have a great affinity to that team. And whenever I want to feel young, I go in and check what the young kids are doing. <laughs> so what can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I love Scent too. Uh, since I started, I, I, I went, I kind of saw that right away in the beginning and there was not that many posts on it. Um, 
And I was a little bit like, oh, I could see this working out. I love the idea of getting uh, a little bit of uh, seed payments or, or like exchange of like currency just for like uh, appreciating thoughts. I think that's such a really cool uh, format for social sharing um, because we're something like Instagram, we're just giving and giving as a creator. I'm just like giving all these visual concepts and thoughts to the world for with nothing, with nothing in return. I mean, it's like, what's other than other than just people knowing what I do. Um, many people I'm sure get inspired in their own way. You know, it, it is an asset. It, you're like, as a creator, we're, we're constantly creating assets of thought, like for, for uh, sharing. Um, the fact that, and, and to make, and we all have to make a living somehow. So I find it really beautiful to be able to like share thoughts. And if you like other people's thoughts, you can give this, this, this culture of giving is, is a new thing. It's a new concept that seems to only be within this blockchain uh, space and all these new web three uh, spaces. With the, I can, we can exist project that I just did this last December. It started off with a with an idea of this new technique that I've been developing with my camera. It, it's a mix of, of motion and stills. It speaks a lot with the digital art that's being created right now. The stuff I've seen on a lot of uh, through through a lot of the digital art that's being created right now, I have seen like a similarity to the type of work that that I've been creating through the camera. Like like a multiple it's a multiple exposure type type of clarity that I'm getting through my images. Um, the I Can, We Can Exist is actually a photograph of a can. And it's a can rolling in two different directions, making an X. Um, the can is an Andy Warhol collectible. Uh, I, I feel like it's very, it, it relates uh, to the idea of consumerism, commercialism, the, the whole, the, the need for all the information within something that we buy, like something that we're consuming. Like you have all the, you have all the UPC codes, you have all the informational ingredients, uh, listed in everything we eat. We're even wanting to know now, like where the cow is taken care of and how, how the, you know, where the milk is coming from, how the, how the animal is being fed. Like there's all this uh, deep layers of information that's, that, that people are, are tuning into and finding more important in their lives. Um, the cans are, the, the photograph with the cans are, are kind of showing this, this details, these details of all these numbers and all these graphs, like it, it shows it in, in this image. Um, and then with that, I'm like, okay, Here's another concept of, of, of that blockchain is bringing. It's also separating an asset into many small little assets, like the idea of Bitcoin. It's like you're owning a piece of, of a bigger picture. So I, I'm like, okay, I want to give away my, my pieces of my picture to the community. I want to be able to give it to the community that comes to my show. Like I, like I want to give assets that could then generate asset on their own. Like I think blockchain is what gives it that, that kind of a beauty. Like it, it, it's interesting because LinkDrop helped me put together the, the QR codes on each coin that I cut out. So each coin is linked to an NFT. I was able to, the first, the first time in, in many, many years that I've used a, a 3D, a 3D creation, like I, I was able to make the coin into a rotating 3D a picture and then I tokenized that and put the QR code that you could claim it on 
onto the back of the print. I'm very interested to hear about this. So you basically handed out physical coins to gallery attendees that may or may not have any notion as to what blockchain or tokenized art is, but they now have a physical piece and a claimable NFT. What sort of comments did you get from attendees and what has been the response rate in terms of claiming the digital counterparts? It, it was it was received very well. There were there was uh, those who knew of it, those who didn't know of it, many who many who didn't know of it, uh, but were still interested in it. Were enough, you know, they they sparked enough interest to to look into it and to do it themselves. Um, there's there's the naysayers. There's the ones who who you know do not want to claim a, a digital a digital asset of any sort <laughs> um, because they they don't you know a lot of people some people just don't want to don't want to learn something new and that's okay um i i one of the artists that was also showing at that same show she was 87 you know she's a very accomplished artist in in many ways but but she was so funny because her she had a, a granddaughter at the show that attended just to to be there too and and uh, her husband is the one that was that would under that was able to understand blockchain and, and understand the, the idea of the asset. But um, it, it's beautiful to see it still being welcomed, even though somebody might not understand it or go through the trouble of of, of getting it. Um, it. It's still just the sharing of the knowledge. I, th I think the idea of like a knowledge of something that that they could a potential for growth or a potential for learning that that's what I wanted to share with these pieces. Um, I, I also want it to be a possible, uh, network. I, I like, I have this idea where the, all those pieces that create one image could be traded together. They could be, they could be traded amongst each other. Like once, I think once it becomes a more of a fluid medium of of having your Ethereum wallet and and doing these types of transactions, people will have a lot more fun uh, with with different ways of, of interacting with with the collections. Um, I, I definitely want to expand on that in the next few years of how of what it means to have a, a collection and how and how people could interact within within a thought, like within within the thought of a collection. Um, I think there's so much space for, for so many different things to develop in the next few years. And I guess with all these new experiences, there's a lot of opportunity that lends to new creative thoughts. And speaking of creative thoughts, can you also walk us through what has inspired you as an artist? What inspires me most is this bridge between uh, tech and nature. I think they, they can coexist together. Uh, the, the idea of, of, of uh, tech and computers being an extension of our of our collective thoughts uh it's almost a collection of all of our collective thoughts like we're 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 we are turning into a big giant brain <laughs> on this on this internet uh, through the internet um my inspirations uh stem from as as of the last few years really this whole new direction i've been taking um Laszlo Moholanagi, uh, he's always had the integration of technology with art. Um, uh, Edward Muybridge with the horse in motion, the beginning of film, like the, the, I, the thoughts of, you know, as a still life photographer, the past 10, 15 years that I've been, um, it's such a specialized, uh, industry. Um, it, it's almost, a uh, 
I felt like I was almost had blinders on like at, at this point, like after, after going through more life experiences and like, uh, growing with my family, I, I found it, I found that video was bringing me this, bringing a new, the thought of motion within the frame is brings so much, a light that I hadn't seen before. Um, so Muybridge with the horse in motion, like that, that, the stuff that was found in that moment, I feel like can be reassessed now with the digital tools that we have. Like there's like uh, actually art by art by MLO, I think is the name. Uh, the last piece, I, I just put a bit on it because it was so cool. Uh, he has all his, like a bunch of little images just scrolling the screen, like scrolling the, the animation. Uh, which made me realize, like, there's there's so many things that we haven't discovered yet. That, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's been done. Everything's been done. But no, it, there's so much that hasn't been done. It's really <laughs> there's it's really uh, exciting for for thinking of how my kids are going to grow um, and and be their future selves. Um, Howard Egerton, an electrical engineer that that. Uh, Photographed, you know, it made made his own cameras to 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 understand data like a of a nuclear explosions, like bullets going through glass. Like there, there's all these like different ways to sense um, things that are in motion. Um, love, I love all of that. I think that's that's bred. You know, my first image after after uh, establishing the the photography studio. Um, I was working, so I, let's start over. <laughs> um, where was I going? I don't even know. Uh, the first image that, that really spoke to me as, as an artist, like the, the image that made me feel like, wow, here I am. I really, I really feel like there's something here that I could do for the rest of my life. Uh, was with this burning bag image that I made so many years ago. An expensive bag, by the way. An expensive Fendi. Yeah, it was a Fendi, you know. And uh, talk about, sure, it's, there's there's people that, that are like, oh, that image makes me want to cry because of the beautiful bag or whatever. <laughs> and Funny enough, I recognized that bag immediately because my mom used to have that bag a few years ago and it was gifted to her. She's never been one of those that cares too much about brands anyways. But I'm sure this sparked a lot of polarizing views. While some people may be completely okay with it happening, I'm sure other people are watching in agony as it unfolds. Yeah, it, it was my answer to the to being part of this uh, very very uh, commercialized corporate uh, world where I was I was uh, I was invited to create the photo studio, the first in-house photo studio for Barney's New York, capturing all of their, their products that they were wanting to put on a website. Um, it was a great experience for me because I had all this digital uh, knowledge about the job I had before, uh, where I was digital assisting and, and working with a whole bunch of different photographers and learning how to, learning, navigating a, a digital sphere that was very specific. Um, and, and way of like knowing how to keep file management and like uh, an organization that was rare at the time. I was, I had set that studio up, but it, everything was just photographs on white, photographs on white. And I was getting, I was getting really antsy. And, <laughs> and uh, when I, when I left that, when I, when I was like, oh, I need to be on my own. I need to make my own thing. Like 
the burning the handbag and taking photos was like so liberating and really moving as far as like who it was that I was going to be. Uh, okay, inspirations. Um, so the the inspirations that are there's the inspirations of tech, the ones I the ones I just mentioned, and then there's also Namjoon Pike, like dreams of like somebody who dreams of the future, who always dreamed of the future, bringing seeing what thinking ideas of like what it will be, you know, that I find myself in that place a lot. Um, probably because of thinking of how my family is gonna, you know, how, how to grow your family in a way that they would be best suited for the future. Um, you know, it's not going to be a workforce anymore. It's not going to be a, a nine to five type of world. The other inspirations come from like the heart, like uh, the poetic nature that it starts with like a love that I had as a kid for William Blake, you know, uh, right now it's, a uh, you know, throughout most of my life, Patty Smith, like Laurie Anderson is now doing virtual reality work. Her works are, are so heartfelt and use language in a way that, that is really beautiful. Another inspiration, Bjork, uh, has been part of my life forever. Uh, seeing, seeing her develop as an artist and, and just continue on her vision that comes from the heart um, and, and her own need for the most specified music like she she's like her own her own uh her own developing um sense of of what she wants to express uh that's something that that i i resonate with in in the work that i'm doing too it's like i've become so specialized in some of these tools that that i, I want to be able to do something that nobody else can can create like i i'm i'm trying to find the value in in what it is that makes me an artist, you know, and trying to express that, like, because, because you can, you can draw inspiration from everybody and try to recreate things, but, but the true artist sees it from within. Um, another one, uh, Eva Hess, my, my roller derby name was Eva Hex, uh, as, as, you know, bringing the art into, into everything I do, uh, Eva Hess, like with all the materials, uh, the ingenuity of materials and use of, of of the medium of uh, exploring the medium uh is awesome and appropriation uh man ray as a photographer like uh, he's he's always run the line of commercial photography and art like um i i love those pictures this is what i would say those are my inspirations <laughs> very interesting and giselle what can you tell us about projects that you have in the works in the works, so many fun new projects. I've been uh, experimenting with AR, um, seeing what's possible, seeing what it means right now. Um, I know that's totally in development, and will and will develop further, <laughs> giving us more more reasons to try it out. Um, the uh, collaborations that are happening are are beautiful. I, I've been so interested in seeing different artists working together and creating something totally new. I have a really some really fun ones lined up that that should be exciting. There's what's called the crypto voxel, and uh, that space has been developing super fast. Uh, just in a few months, it has like blown up uh, with color and and different different things people are designing. I, I'm I'm working on a, on a large mural wall. Um, I hope to show one large piece, like being able to be immersed in like one really large tokenized piece. I, I find that that is something that we could we could have an interesting time with. Um, 
And on the other side, I'm like, I wonder if I could be showing like a short film, like have like a little uh, film screening, have like a, a cinematic night where, where we can show short films or like have a film fest or, and, and, uh, and see, and even like, I think there's even a uh, crypto voxels teaming up with like a car, like a crypto motors is the name of, I think, I think what they're teaming up with. So now there's going to be cars in this space. I, I find it, maybe it could be a drive-in. I don't know. I, I find <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's just so fun. You can do whatever you want in this kind of, in, in when there's such new developments going on. Um, I'm definitely going to have a lot of fun and see see what what works and what doesn't work also uh collectively my husband and i uh, my husband has started the last two years with this initiative of bringing artists to our space to our living space our we have it's a photo studio um and we have a, a 15 foot wall where my husband's been putting uh he's been curating a whole bunch of artists uh, for the past two years on a monthly basis uh, for like a traditional art salon, like a, like a, an art salon of, of the day, like uh, just a, a place where artists can come together and talk about their thoughts, uh, bring show pieces that that haven't been seen before that they're working on or just finished or excited about talking about. Um, we've been we've been having these events that are so uh, enriching to all of us, like to everybody that's participated has loved it, like. Um, it's something that I, that I want to continue that we both want to continue. We want to keep, uh, expanding and like, um, showing, giving, giving an outlet for artists that are, that are in process. Like right now we get to see a lot of the art coming through, through the internet, through the, through this new uh, blockchain web space, through the new avenues of, of tokenizing, um, I, I love having the communication. The, the conversation has been the most interesting part. It's something that we see through beta scent that we can we can talk together and give ideas. That I've been able to do a very similar. We've been able to do a very similar thing in person with our local community, with the community around us. Like all the artists that influence that have been part of, that have been some in some way in our lives. Uh, Nelson is is always meeting, always having studio visits. Where we're just actively making a hub for creativity and, and the conversation that it requires. Um, I think it's a really important thing. It's something I miss being in college, like having the critiques, like having a, a space where you could just speak about your art and have other people give their opinions in a non-personal fashion and a non-emotional uh, fashion. Uh, it's, it's really wonderful to be able to share it in person. I think that's something that, that others should do with whatever community they're part of. It's like link together, band together with other artists. They're not, they're not your competition. They're, they're actually, they can breed a be more beautiful uh, a communication of art with all of our collaborative selves and our collaborative brain and our universal, our universal brain together. Um, I think it, it, only, it only strengthens uh, the work and the context that it's in. And in terms of collaboration, I think I've seen one of yours with Van Design, which is uh, an Italian digital artist. Van Design, yeah. It's an interesting proposition because you have to trust the other person that they're going to do something good with your design or your work. But the clash of styles really seems to appeal to the audiences. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to, to have two different visions come together. Uh, the 
what made that little, uh, it was like a beautiful droplet that, that came out of it. Um, I, I sourced the image through one of my light transmissions that has this line work that's so detailed, you know, to have, to have something that's so detailed and morphed into, uh, an organic, uh, hydraulic shape like that is, is fascinating. Like a lot of my work has to deal with water, with, deals with water splashes and, and different, um, different veils of, of vision through, through something you're looking at. Uh, so it worked perfectly. It's like to see the work develop with two levels of two brains in it is, is beautiful. And I'm sure more, more will be coming. I do have to say that yesterday when I was going through your portfolio, I saw one piece in particular, orbs of water. There was uh, basically water droplets moving at a very slow pace. That was pretty cool to see. So a simple movement on something so tiny. It's just, it was so pleasing to watch. Yeah, thank you. Um, a lot of the, the video pieces uh, have been, you know, it started with a need for, for, for like almost making a, a longer thought, like a longer thought than just a still. So like at the time, like I was listening to, to a lot of like sound, like sound meditations and like things that would bring me peace to my life because it's really hard, you know, raising a small, small children in the house <laughs> uh, and you need moments of silence. And, and I was finding myself like retreating into sound and like, and, and feeling like within this sound space, like visuals would be really beautiful. Like seeing, um, now opening my eyes to so much digital art, there's, there's a lot of it. There's, there's so much than I, than I expected when I was coming into the world, like seeing a lot of what I, what I was creating, uh, in 2008, like with these, with these really, uh, serene video works, um, was almost like a visual meditation. Like I wanted to be able to sit in the, to, to, to look at a screen and to see something of nature that's like dripping to see the, the, the beauty within, within the natural process of like physical qualities of nature, like, um, exp like everything from like a spark explosion to, to like a fluid fluidity of a water medium of like, uh, the refraction and the reflection and the pattern making and the, the like the infinite quality of nature is something I'm super drawn to. Um, that, that brings me to other, other projects that I'm, that I'm hoping to develop eventually. Um, it's like, uh, when I first, when I first, I tried the, I tried a very similar tool back in 2004, uh, that was just developing. It was very rudimentary as far as, uh, as far as like, you know, brushstroke and everything. But, but it was that, that like you're drawing in space, like it's, is a, it's so different, but the, the refinement that it's gotten in the past few years is, is like, is transformative. Like now you have this infinite space to paint in like to paint in and then you can actually videotape that and show it in a very concise form through the internet. Like you can see the people there, there's some artists that are, that are videotaping themselves creating the virtual reality. I'm not sure how they're doing that yet, but because usually it's in their goggles that you see it, that only one person is the viewer. I'm not actually sure how, how they're getting, uh, how they're getting, getting that second, uh, yeah, somebody watching them do it or being able to translate it is, is, is great for other people to understand what's going on. Um, creating a whole artwork in, in a three dimensional space without even needing to clean up paint is a beautiful, <laughs> it's very interesting. And that brings me back to like the iPad and like working with the app with a pencil. It, it, it's, it is a, it is a new medium, but it's being refined to the point where I, you don't have the, 
you don't get the calluses on your hand anymore for like holding the pencil, you know, <laughs> uh, there's like no friction in the paper, I, you know, that's good and bad. It can be used for, for drawing for a really long period. It, it, it has its strengths and it has its weaknesses. Every tool has its purpose. And with VR, as with any other technology, it starts in a playful manner, right? So you put your goggles on and you're now in the Himalayas or you're in a roller coaster and they want you to feel a real life reaction, even though, you know, physically you're not there, right? But it has real life applications. Maybe for the last hour and a half, you were in traffic or you may want to get those five minutes of peace after being with your kids all day, right? So it's, um, it can have really powerful applications. Yeah, I, I definitely, that's, that's exactly where I'm coming from. <laughs> uh, needing that peace, uh, finding that peace within my art. Um, and also sharing it for others. I think, I think for those who are bedridden, for, for anybody that, that can't get out of where they are or can't go and explore the world on their own, like VR is bringing a whole new, a whole new level of, of uh, therapy and, and, uh, and helping all kinds of people. And Giselle, how can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Where can they find the latest work that you produce? Okay. Um, right now, uh, my website, GiselleFlores.com. I just, G-I-S-E-L-F-L-O-R-E-Z.com is, uh, you can see all my, all my works, all my commercial, all my, uh, links, uh, there's, you can find my blockchain work on super rare, also known origin, also codex protocol. Um, and I might do a few others in the future. I'm not sure. Um, also you can see my, my thoughts, like more of my thought process. I'm going to be sharing through scent a lot of like personal work, probably going through scent, uh, my past travels. I want to, I want to show some of the, some of the stuff I've seen in my life. Um, there will be some interesting stories there. Um, and also my Instagram, Giselle Flores Studio, uh, there, there's, there's years of, there's years of, of work I've put in there <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, just sharing a visual, a visual diary of, of, of all the creative thoughts I've had. Like, it's not, it's not what I do every, it's not just a normal, uh, picture of, it's not a collection of pictures of, of normal things. It's, it's pretty much a collection of all, all the visual thoughts I've had. Also, uh, to uh, Token Smart is another one that, that's been linking a lot of really great people together. Um, I have a channel on there. Uh, Token Smart will have probably updates on the new on the new pieces that come out. Also, I think I put sometimes like little thoughts of like stuff I'm working on, sketches I might be sketches I'm working on that I might tokenize, might not. Um, it's all it all depends. <laughs> we'll see. And Giselle, thank you for doing this. Thank you for your time, for your effort. As soon as I saw your work, I knew it was fantastic. So I wanted to do the podcast. And I hope that you're an inspiration for fellow photographers and videographers to potentially join the space in the future. Yes, I, I love the idea of, of all artists uh, headed that way. Um, there's, there's so much uh, communication and collaboration that can come of it. Thanks, Giselle. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing this. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Curating Crypto. If you liked this episode, please help us by sharing, rating, and subscribing. You can also stay in touch by following us on Twitter at Curating Crypto, where we will be sharing additional information and links related to the topics we've covered in these sessions.